And we are live for the 155th episode of the Bronx Bomber Battle Podcast, presented to you by Six Pack Coverage. I'm your host, Matt Buzz Luigi. And tonight, it's Alex, Andrew, and I. Guys, it's been a minute. It's been a minute, yeah. And, you know, for, for good reason. Um, you know, we all have lives. Um, man, just kidding. We all have lives. Uh, that was a joke. Um, we? No, we're looking good. We're going to start posting on YouTube more, right? So good to see good to see you guys actually not just talk to you but yeah it's it's been a minute but and if you're listening to this obviously you're a yankees fan and i think i think you guys know what what happened this year um i've actually blocked it out of my memory so can someone give me a refresher i I didn't even want there's nothing to talk about baseball didn't exist this year oh okay that makes sense then they just took the whole year off that's just we're just we're worried about 2024 right now we're oh so this the uh Labor stoppage actually really had an impact this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they didn't play all year. Weird. No one played. That's crazy. Weird. No, so basically, the Yankees had their worst season in 30 years, right? And any, like, you know, obviously, all of us are, you know, between 25 and 80, because Andrew's age is We're all, all of us were born in the early mid 90s, right? So all, all, literally, all three of us, the worst Yankee season in our lifetimes, mm-hmm. right? Like, like Andrew, I think that, like, you were like what two years old the last time the Yankees like won the so it's like obviously as a Yankees fan this was the worst season any of us had ever yeah. seen I believe it was like the fewest runs they had scored in a, a full season obviously not including 2020 since 2014 yeah. and we remember those uh those great 2014 2015 Yankee offenses right um, so yeah it, it was it was just a really bad season there's there's no way to sugarcoat it um the only like I don't want to say positive. It's like they didn't finish in last place, right? Which was shocking. Um, eighty-two and eighty, they would miss the is playoffs. That, is by. that really a positive though? Like, yeah, uh, that's that's why I didn't want to call it a positive. It's just, it's just, it was a terrible season. It was an absolutely terrible season. And the worst part is, you know, because now we're obviously we're here. We'll get into it. Cashman and Boone are coming back, right? It looks like they're trying to bring Sean Case back, which I'm indifferent about. I mean, it, I don't know. It, like I don't think the hitting coaches are the reason why the Yankees haven't been producing offensively over the years, but the, the bottom line is, you realize like man, this these guys are just so they're not like they're not going to change. You even see teams around the league like the White Sox, the Mets, right? A new manager, Epler's gone. It's just teams like it's so crazy to see teams make changes. And I mean, we've I think we've been pretty vocal on this pod for the last few years, especially just about how. You know, just how done we are with this, the, or, the direction of this organization, how they've passed on players. I mean, you know, I'm going to go like blue in the face talking about, you know, them not getting Harper and the guys they did, the, the outfielders on the team, right? That the reason why they didn't get Harper, it's just terrible, right? And that, especially every October, right now, this is going to be the second straight October. Here's Bryce Harper again coming through in the postseason. He's now 10 of 19. Um, versus the Phillies in the last two postseasons with like seven extra base hits, it's it's insane, you know. And man, it, there's just, like I said, there's just so much to get into. But really, this was just it was such an awful season. And the worst part is, is people saw it coming. Like you saw the signs, and the Yankees acted like you know the front office they are going to act like it's a blip on the radar, like it was so random they couldn't believe it. But the signs were there. The signs See, were the there. Thing, the thing about it that's wild to me is. They were pretty much they were in the race, despite just how bad they were. They were in the race until August. 
And then the trade deadline came and they had to make the decision of, are we going to sell or are we going to buy? And then they did neither. And coincidentally, then went into August and lost nine in a row, which was the first time that had happened in me and Luigi's lifetimes. The last time the Yankees had lost nine in a row was 1995. And we were both born in 96. So, like, it's just that point in the season was the turning point. Because I think if they had actually chosen a side and actually said, you know what, we're going to commit to this. Either we're going to commit to trying to right the ship. And they went out and got, you know, obviously this trade deadline was different where there was no, like, big names that were moved. It was a lot of more bench players, smaller pieces. No one that was going to make a huge impact besides the Verlander and Scherzer deals. And even then, the two of them are 7,000 years old combined. So there wasn't anyone the Yankees really could have gone out and got that would have been a huge season-changing difference maker, like uh, Alfonso Soriano in 2013, Brandon McCarthy in 2014, someone like that. Um, But... That at the same time, they could have gone and they could have sold. They could have traded guys like IKF, guys like, you know, Michael King, Holmes, guys that actually had value and they could have kind of reset like they did in 2016 and taken stock of everything and gone, okay, this is what we need to do to kind of make an impact on the future. But they didn't do either. And then the entire month of August was what ended the season. You, in, instead of losing nine in a row, say they go five and four. They're right in the thick of it up until the end. And I guarantee you, if this team is two games out instead of six games out going into September or whatever it was, they play completely differently. They played well in September. But I think this team has a completely different last two months of the season if they actually took an approach at the trade deadline instead of just kind of sitting back, watching everyone do everything and go, I don't know what to do. Like, I guess we'll just go grab another reliever. I, I don't know. Ultimately, the big issue with this team is that they handled the trade deadline the way they've handled championship roster building since at least 2018, right? Mm-hmm. You can you can go back to the Stanton move, which at the time... Don't you mean the Stanton signing if you're Luigi the last five years? Yeah. Yes. How, how can you be mad at... Right there. <laughs> you, you can't be mad about acquiring the reigning nationally most valuable no. player. But outside of that, they've done this whole one foot in, one foot out bullshit roster build every year, right? They, they've reset the luxury tax, I think, twice over the last six years. Um, they haven't gone for players like Bryce Harper, Manny Machado. They didn't even make an effort to trade for a guy like Juan Soto at last year's trade deadline when he was moved. And... To your point, Alex, there was guys like Wandy Peralta, Glaber Torres, Michael King, Clark Schmidt, Isaiah Connor Falafel. There was a, assets with some sort of value, right? Like we, we we've been watching the, the the playoffs today. A guy like Jack Flaherty got moved off the Cardinals. I know he almost won a sign with them like three or four years ago. Like really had little or no value. But even then, Baltimore swooped in and, and figured, well, we could get something out of him, right? The Yankees had assets that would have been valuable to teams like the Diamondbacks, the Marlins the Cubs who almost made it and flamed out at the end, the Reds, same thing, right? And they didn't choose to do either buy or sell. 
And and again, it's the same thing. Like they didn't go all in on the payroll with signing all these free agents. They didn't go all in and liquidate the the, the farm system to get the big time trade deadline acquisition. They wanted to be competitive and spend where they were comfortable and try to extend their championship window. But what has that gotten us? It's gotten us to three American League championship appearances, all three of them defeats to the hands of the Astros. The most recent time we didn't win a single game. Uh, the most recent time I think we led for a combined like six innings in the entire series. The, the team just doesn't really seem to have that, that let's just go all in and, and whatever it takes to win type mentality that a guy like Dave Dombrowski has with Philadelphia, right? Like they made the World Series last year. They had the core locked up and they said, you know what? We're going to give $300 million to Trey Turner. And I know he struggled early in the year, but they're up 1-0 against the the Braves who everyone they might, said. They might not win, win last night without Trey Turner. You know? Right, like, right. With that, that awesome double play he turned. Yeah. It, it's just, it, it's very frustrating that we we saw the the writing on the wall last, last summer. I mean, not even like this off season. Last summer we saw it going this direction, and here we are, an entire wasted season. The Yankees won 82 games, their lowest total. Luigi said since like I think it was 1994, 1993. And and what's the direction for the team? Right, they have a bunch of big contracts. Some of them on the back end, like Rizzo and Stanton. Some of them who are still in their prime, like Judge and Cole, but aren't going to be in their prime for forever. And, and you have you have to really capitalize on what you have now. And the team just doesn't seem like they have that yeah. direction. So it's hard to buy in on on where we're headed. I, there are some likable pieces. Clark Schmidt looked good this year. Mike King looks like he's going to move back to the rotation. That's encouraging. Anthony Volpe got out some of the, the growing pains at shortstop. This year they moved around the order, but I think he'll be a, a good piece go Dominguez forward. Was awesome seeing Dominguez do it. Jason did, looked awesome, but he's lost for most of next year with Tommy John. But it's just what do you do? Look, we're, we'll we'll get into like the judge quotes and like I'm glad you brought up the Phillies though because I don't know like there's something about that team and obviously look the Braves could go out and smoke them the next three games who knows. But there's just something about that team where you say, man, like that's a team built for October. And, you know, they haven't, you know, they haven't won a World Series yet. Right. And, you know, obviously they made one. But like you just have like, I don't know, man, the way other teams are built compared to the Yankees. It's like, look at the Philly, like trade. You know, remember, people were talking about Trey Turner, like, oh, wow, what a terrible deal that was. Guy ended up hitting 26 homers, 780 OPS, stole 30 bases, and now he's making big plays in October. Like people are so reactionary, man. It's so incredible. Like you just you get guys that are in their prime, perennial all stars, proven guys in October. That's who you build your team around. And the Yankees don't have that guys because guess what? Our best player, Aaron Judge, ain't one of those guys right now. Aaron Judge is a terrible October player at this point. And it's it, it the, the fact the that is like, well, go, go ahead. Louis. No, I was going to say the fact that we're having we're going to have this. We had this terrible season. And they're going to run it back. You already said, I think it was Heyman who had like the article that you almost say it's, you can almost tell like the Yankees front office sent it to him in an envelope about, oh, don't expect big changes. Don't expect big moves. It's like, how are we hearing this after your worst season? We're already you know how you, two weeks in the offseason. Oh, well, don't expect anything big. It's like, like this I'll, is I'll tell you, team. I'll tell you exactly what it is, right? Like, I, I know how tough the AL East is, but the Yankees won 82 games this year. You know how many games the Arizona Diamondbacks who are up? 1-0 in the NLDS against the Dodgers right? one, 84. 84 games. The Yankees were two games worse than them this year. And they missed Aaron Judge for 45 games. And they had injuries up and down the roster all year. They had half a rotation half the year. They're going to look at that and say, hey, if even if we get 30% less bad luck, we win 87 games. Although I guess that still misses the playoffs because I think they missed the playoffs by like seven games this year. 
but they say, yeah, look, we were right there. And then you want to be, you know, we've heard oh, the few things. October's go a crapshoot. October's a crapshoot, right? Like the Baltimore Orioles are right out on the cusp. It looks like, and they, so they just went down 11, uh, five in the ninth inning. They're uh, three outs away from going down two Oh, to a wildcard team, despite winning 101 games this year, the Diamondbacks swept through the Brewers in the wildcard and are up 1-0 on the Dodgers. I get the whole playoffs are, wild, are, are a crapshoot thing, but like you got to insulate yourself from some of that risk. And, and we'll get to the, the judge quotes, how they could have done that just by taking every game during the summer more seriously. See, my thing with this team right now is not even this year where they just kind of didn't take the year seriously, the like middle three months. It's the past five years, basically. And we we mentioned this before, where it's like you go back to the stand signing and we had no problem with that. But over in the judge era, overall you, you just said the stand signing. I know. <laughs> um in the judge era, it almost seems like they just are they're scared to go for it because of how it's going to impact their future. But they, because you look at the deals way back, you look at the ones for A-Rod, where they were paying him in 2017 when he wasn't on the roster. Shara was not great, was bad in 2016, and they were still playing him. It's like they're so scared of having these long-term deals that are going to look bad in the end that they don't want to have the... They don't want to risk having long-term commitments. Yeah. And they've ever never since fully Stan, gone for it. And no. as a result, they've never gone for it at all. It's exactly. like they've That's never gone a, all in. And it's just the like, well, last time you've never gone really, in at all. Like, forget the, going and, all in. You've never gone in. That's such, that's such a bullshit years. excuse. Like, Tishara almost won the MVP his first year. We won the World Series his first year here. So who gives a shit if the last year of an yeah. eight-year deal didn't – they had to force him into retirement 30 games shortly. Cares. Nobody cared that Sabathia and Tashera and, you know, like, uh, even A.J. Burnett were not great in their last few years because the Yankees won a World Series with that core, you know? Even A-Rod. Everyone hated A-Rod at different points during his, during his Yankees career. But overall, he won a World Series with the team. It doesn't matter as long as you get a championship. And this team is not committed. They want to have a sustainable run because they looked at the 90, the late 90s team where they had that core and they want to create another long-term core that's going to go out and win championships instead of a championship. But the last six years or so, every single year, the problem has been their offense in the playoffs, in the regular season. It doesn't matter. And the last time they actually went out and addressed that before the season was getting Stan. You could say, obviously, they went and got DJ, but that was a two-year deal where he was supposed to be a utility player. And yeah, he came in during the juice deal. ball year and hit and was an MVP player. The last Luke time they went all in on offense was trading for Edwin and Canarcion in the middle of the 2019 yeah. season. It was four yeah. years ago. The last time they made any effort to be like, we're going to actually make a big-time addition. You could even make the point that in 2021, they went out and got Rizzo. They got Gallo. and But even then, those were not difference-making guys. Those Joey Gallo, no matter what he's done in his career, is not someone you're going to get that's going to completely tip the needle on your offense. Rizzo is in his mid-30s and has not been the 
early Rizzo of his career in years now. And you and could the, say he was the, good last Yankees, year, but he hit 220. And the Yankees might have given him CTE for playing him. For yeah, time. exactly. Like, like not, Rizzo not is, <laughs> Rizzo's a good player. I don't want to I don't want to make it seem like I'm calling Rizzo out for being bad or anything. He's so far he's been a solid player the last two and a half years. But he is not the type of player that the Yankees would have gone out and gotten if they were trying to win right now. If they went out like, after 2020, like a Matt like Olson or a Freddie example. Freeman. They went out in 2021 after having a mediocre year, sneaking into the playoffs and getting embarrassed by the Red Sox in the wild card round. And in turn, instead of going, wow, that was embarrassing, we need to go out and we need to correct this now. They went out and they ignored Freeman and Olsen and got Rizzo. Now, let's take a look and see. Okay, Rizzo or uh, Freeman hit 330 this year with 29 homers and 59 doubles and Olsen hit 54 home runs while Rizzo missed half the year because his brain was mush. I still stand by the start they had to the 2022 season set the franchise back at least two oh, years. Yeah. So all of this year and this past year, I should say, and the upcoming year probably as well, because they, they committed the entire 2022 season, all of 2023, which is already a lost year at this point. And now we're kind of in the limbo going to 2024 mm-hmm. because of, because they saw what that team did the first 70, 80, 90 games of last year. And we're like, wow, we could be world beaters. Yeah. The acquisition of guys like Josh Donaldson was great. Anthony Rizzo, even though he's 35, could still play at a near MVP level pace, right? Aaron Judge is going to hit 75 home runs. The pitching staff doesn't – is you know, Severino's not going to get hurt. He's finally going to figure – everything that broke well for them in the first 70 to 80 games of last year – has been the undoing of the franchise in the mm-hmm. time since because and, they, they, it was an unrealistic start. And and that's not sustainable with the kind of guys remember, they had last year going into the year. We thought they were going to suck. Like, I remember I was like, I'm like, I'm surprised they'd win 85 games. Yeah. And then like, you know, two months later, like, whoa, God damn, we were wrong. It was fun so. because we had, we were so surprised by it. And then they started coming. We were back a year. We were a year ahead of schedule. Yeah. Like if and we instead were going to this year, we were right Instead on. of being upset last year because of how bad they were after the trade deadline and all of that, we were just like, yeah, this is what we knew this was coming. No one who has been who has been following this team the last few years was shocked by the way this team has played the last year. Uh, I, I wouldn't say no one. There's. There's, well, there's, okay. of, there's I know there's a lot of Yankee <laughs> optimists out there, but I'm just saying standards. for us, ne- none of us were shocked by we're the lost, way yes. last the second half of last year and this year went. Not even a little right. bit. Well, here, look, here's the problem, right? So you guys know, like, I've, I had never been to – I went to the old Yankee Stadium a bunch of times, but I had never been to the new Yankee Stadium until last September. I went to the Friday night game where uh, they lost, like, 9-2 to against the Brewers. Dominguez hit the home run. And so anyways, you know, I'm going to obviously I'm going to the stadium and like, you know, I, I went with a bunch of my family who had been there a bunch of times before. And they're showing me all the restaurants and the bars. They're telling me about the menu items. And it was great. You know, it was great. But like, I, I got back from the game and we're talking about it the next day. And it's like I said to them, I'm like, this is why we're fucked. They're never going to change anything. No. It's all of it's not about it's all about. And I get that you can say, oh, well, this is at like every stadium. It's entertainment. I get it. But man, with the Yankees, it's like, like they're talking about the chicken buckets and all this and oh, look at I have this and all the cool. And I'm just like, bro, like 
this like this is a circus. And what the thing with the Yankees is the Yankees could be, you know, 50 and 110 every year. The Yankees going to a Yankee game is a tourist attraction. People are from yeah. all around it's, the world go to New York even, City. Not, not even a tourist attraction. Games. I had the same conversation with my dad that night, right? You look around the stadium and you're like, oh, there's just it's just a night out, right? Like a bunch of people who could have gone to bars in Midtown. Let's take the 275 subway ride up to the Bronx and go to a game there. Beers are what, $14, $15 at some bougie bar in the city? Well, that's what they are at Yankee Stadium. Just like it's just a exactly. night out with friends. It, it, it's not even it's not even like I get there's there's tons of people who were diehards who went to 30, 40, 50 games this year and lived and breathed on every pitch. And credit to them for for that level of dedication to the team. But you don't get that kind of fan base at the Yankee Stadium anymore. It's just even local people who go 10, 15 times a year, it's just something they do to hang out with their friends. And that energy, yeah. that, that I don't want to say commitment, but whatever that, that it factor was that the old stadium had all the time where it's a loyalty almost. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's yeah. a certain type of fan it, dedication. It just, yeah. lacks it's just that. a different vibe. It's just a different vibe. And like it's, I said, it's, it's more just, the, the, I would say it's like the impatient fan. That's just like, doesn't take, anything but a championship as a win and it's almost like the mindset that judge has where he basically said it doesn't matter we didn't make the we didn't make the playoffs we didn't win a championship so this year's a failure it's that mindset that so many fans had and when the Yankees were knocked out of the playoffs they were they were mad where you look at fans now it's like you get to the playoffs and last year they were swept by the Astros, and there was a gr- there was a decent amount of fans who were like, "Oh well, you know, playoffs are a crapshoot. Oh well," and we're just sitting here like, "Okay, there's a difference between the playoffs being a crapshoot and the playoffs being the Yankees' undoing offensively." Look, we, we've talked we've talked about this before, but like there are there is just a certain like. <laughs> faction of yankee fans that are just super yeah. optimistic and super happy-go-lucky not i'm not gonna name names you guys are gonna know what i'm talking about but like even there is like someone on twitter who tried at the end of the year tried to dunk on us because we had a tweet about johnny burrito and they're like oh these were his stats and i'm like dog you're trying to dunk on us about johnny burrito being decent like yeah. is that what we're celebrating now because, like, because we he, was, he was okay now we're celebrating johnny as a reliever burrito by the way not yeah. even as a starter where he because started. he because he shit the bed as a starter so they moved him to yeah. a bull, to the bullpen like, and he had what, some level of success because he yeah. built in a curveball middle of the year like oh, great yeah. just, that that's what you're taking a victory lap over yeah, and then no, even it's... even in September, even in September, when the team started winning games, there were still fans being like, "Oh, like," and I'm like, "Bro, like y'all." The second Dominguez came up, cups. and the Yankees like and I they swept do the it. Astros, and Dude, everyone was out I here had... going, "Oh my God, what it, they have they have a chance." And I and I remember I was sitting there like, "Okay, they have a chance. They definitely have a chance." But I'm not going to let myself get hooked because you guys. You guys have known me being a Yankees fan for years and years now. And I'm definitely one of the more optimistic fans of right. BBB. But your credit, you have perspective still. Exactly. That's <laughs> I This whole year, I have been the Yankees' biggest criticizer because I'm like, what are they doing? Like, this whole year was just such a disaster in every single level. And I don't know how they even won 82 games. They well, you remember how that, much like, heat I got uh, for that uh... – that was that tweet where Brian Hook was like, oh, Yankees are it was like their their upcoming schedule. And I'm like, well, 
we're going to play Toronto in, in a yeah. few weeks. And that'll, well, okay. and that'll put the nail in the coffin. And everyone, the, the masses came at me like, well, we have, we're only down by seven games with 23 to play. See? How do you still believe we're not going to make it? It's like, because they only have 23 games yeah. to play and they have to have three teams and of and, and a bunch of those teams all play each other. Texas played Boston and Toronto. Uh, Texas played Seattle, who was right in line with it. Like there's, there's too much attrition that one team would have to win all the games and all the other teams in front of us would have to lose all of them for us to slip up. And we'd have to, you know, go 20 and three over those 23 games to begin with. We were seven games out at that point. We lost, we ended up missing the wild card by seven games, even though we like to Luigi's point, we played well in September. So like, just people yeah, lose like, that level like, of perspective. I well, get and, being a fan. I get wanting to be optimist, but like, really, it was a certain point where it was like, look, man, like it's over. Yeah. Like it was over in like mid August, you know, like, and people the were like, the second they lost trying... nine games in a row, we knew it was over. Like they lost and, like and, the first five of those. We were like, yeah, this is it. honestly the second they punted the trade deadline is we knew it was over. Yeah. yeah. That ain't, you know, when I knew it was over, remember that angel series where they just mm-hmm. got like, yeah, wiped right out. And I was like, deadline. That's when I remember I said to myself, I'm like, man, like, and then, and then they went to, then they went to Colorado, lost the first two, right? Were winning the second one, and then gave up a grand slam to tie it in the the walk off to, and then had a walk off, yeah, on the Flaherty call where he's like, oh, this guy hasn't hit a home run all years, and then he immediately hit a walk off home run, yeah. No, the uh, the thing, Andrew, you were you're saying about how so many people were like, oh, my God, we're going to make it with just not paying attention to the actual standings and stuff. And that's part of the reason, like, this ages group of Yankees fans is so much more annoying, like we've been saying, because it's almost like people don't look at the numbers and use logic. Like, there was a point when Dominguez came up. The Yankees won like six or six in a row, seven in a row, something like that. And the they got in a, Houston was nice. Yeah. Yeah. They had they were like six games out with 23 games left, like you said, bunch against Toronto, but that Toronto and Seattle and Houston and Texas all had to lose a bunch of games. And that was never gonna happen. And people don't look at that because they don't it's like they almost don't understand how the standings work. They don't understand right. that it's the Yankees, Yankees could Yankees go complex. Yankees could like, win well, we're the, we're the Yankees. They're just yeah. all going to bow down to us. Well, even then, it's like the Yankees could win 25 games in a row and still not make the playoffs as because all that needed to happen was two of those teams of Texas, Houston, Seattle, and Toronto needed to go 500, basically. All that needed to happen was they was all four of those teams didn't piss themselves. But people I be, don't I be, look at that. It's like I believe they just, at one point with 33 games left in the season, I think someone had a stat where it was like if the Yankees finished the season 28 and five, they would have a 52 percent chance to make the playoffs or like something along those lines. Yeah. Like just putting it like, yeah, 28 and five would be insane. And that's only that gets would, you 50, that would 50 be the, shot. Yeah, that would be like the best stretch of any team in baseball all year. Mm hmm. And it's like, yeah, and even then it'd be a coin flip. So like, yeah, it, it was like it was over in like late July and August. And like, let's segue into this. You know, like Judge's quotes, right? He talked about, you know, he talked about the analytics, and he goes, "Ah, oh, we have the best analytics, right? How we use them, blah blah blah." But what, the quote that caught me was about urgency, right? Where he said mm-hmm. that we need to have more of a sense of urgency. I'm like, hmm, what do you think he's talking about there? Could he be talking about the players in the dugout? Maybe. Maybe he's talking about some guys in the clubhouse being lax. Sure. Is he talking about the front office? 
probably, right? Not having an urgency in signing guys, not having an urgency in going for guys. Or could it be about his manager? He what, swears what, could it's it not be about, about Boone. But could like, it be about see, and Aaron Boone Judge on Talking so... Yanks, right? Aaron Boone yeah. on Talking Yanks in late July, right? Saying, oh, like, how dare you say we're, we might not make the playoffs? Yeah. Oh, we're, we got it's all, the all there. It's all there right in front of oh, us. It's all right in front of us. It's like, is it Boone? And like, look, see, like. People gave John Boy and Jake shit like at the beginning of the year. They were like, they were telling him late July, like John Boy was like, dude, like you, you guys saw this team sucks. Like, you I, got, I, you when, when are you gonna hit us. the gap? Yeah, like you get mad at us for saying like, well, Boone, like you guys have lost eight of twelve games. You suck. You can't score. And he's like, well, these are my guys, and we're, we're gonna do this, and we're just we're, we're like we just gotta unlock DJ Donaldson Stanton, and, and you're just like Boone, like it ain't happening, bro. <laughs> They're so these close to turning locked. a corner. But it was, but it was just insane. I like yeah. when Judge said, like, "Oh, there needs to be more energy." I'm like, dude, that in my opinion, that's what he's talking about. He's mm-hmm. talking about his because, like, you know, all those like I'm not sure all those guys, but guys like Judge and Cat, they pay attention to those Boone interviews, right? And really, I thought that like was just because that's when Judge was out. He gave those interviews. It's like he sees like the way Boone was talking, the way his attitude was when he was getting pressed. He, you know, there because obviously those interviews happen each week. And like, there were some brutal weeks of baseball in July and August, like app, just like terrible. And he would get on there and on his high horse and say like, Oh, like how, like, I forget what the exact comment was that he got so mad at. I think it was either like Jake or, but it was really, it wasn't it. They questioned one of his like decisions and boom just goes, well, when you're a manager, you can decide. Not, it, it was, it was, that, he, got, he, was he, got, like he got very pissy a couple times, yeah. but I think for me, the worst quote was, well, it no, was that no, game this in, was, I remember, was okay. in July when they struck out 19 times against Baltimore. He's like, Oh, yeah, I thought we had good at bats. It's like, what are you talking about? Yeah, you, yeah, sh- like, you struck out more than two thirds of your fats all night. How are no, you going like, like, you cannot look us square in the face and tell us with full conviction that you were happy with the quality of the best tonight. Like there was nothing you could I, take away positive from this game. I, I just remembered the quote. So it was, I remember it, it was John boy basically said that like, he goes, I think he said like the scariest part is that you guys think this is the team. And he was like, what do you mean? Like, we think this is the team. Yeah, this is the team. And it's just like, boom. And like, then he, and John boy mentioned 2024 <laughs> like, too, right? Like his, Nothing's going to change. It's going to be the same thing next year. Yeah. And Boone got really, really offended by that. Yeah. yeah I know. He's just like, but it's just like, really, it's like, we're sitting here. We're fans. Like, how could you like get mad at a fan? It's like, dude, like we watch this team like night in, night out. We, they're awful. Like really yeah. this year, like Alex, you said like, you know, I don't even know how they went 82 and 80, you know? And like, I remember like after like, what was the series? What was it? The Rangers. They took two or three from the Rangers in that weekend series in like June. But I remember, like, even after that series, like, I still was, like, I remember saying, like, man, like, this is going to get ugly. And I remember somebody saying to me, like, man, like, you were pretty negative on that episode about the Yankees. They just won a series. And I said, like, look, like, it's going to get, I remember telling people, like, it's going to get bad. Like, it's going to get bad. Like, it was just so obvious to see. Like, especially we all, Joe, like, we all knew at some point this year, after watching April and May and June, we all knew that something was going to click and everything was going to fall apart. Some, and what I mean is something was going to click in a bad way. And it did when they lost nine remember, in a row. Because I remember just you know? I kept looking at that schedule where they had to play like the Marlins, the Braves. Yeah. And I'm just like, man, these are good teams. And like they that they August schedule, games, we looked but... at that and went, this is the make or break point. If they can actually yeah. come out and play semi-decent, even go 500, you know, win a, win a couple series, lose a couple series in this time frame. 
we might change our minds. If they well, went you remember out, they that took Bader two quote? Remember the Bader quote when they split against the Astros? He was like, oh, I think this is a positive we can take away and start yeah. setting a momentum go forward. It's like, dude. Because he, he had a, like, took they two lost out of the four game games. The Astros. Yeah. And I think they, they won the first two games, right? They had a chance mm-hmm. to win that series and then right. lost the last two. And it's just like, oh, well, you know, this is this could be a turning point for us. Splitting against a team that you're chasing and has owned your ass the last five years, mm-hmm. just breaking even with them is a turning point. How yeah. low were your expectations? Well, yeah. the thing that killed me, too, was how, like, they went into the series against the Marlins, and they came in, and they actually played well in the first game. And then in game two, Sandy Alcantara threw a complete game. Which, you know what? Fine. He's a fantastic pitcher. Out all of As, year, as which, Alex is wearing his Marlins hat. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then in the second game, they were up 7-1. to one. And we were like, oh, my, okay, you know what? This is good. They're going to take two out of three against the Marlins, go into the series against the Braves. They're going to have gonna a go, good I was mindset. Gonna go to that, I was going to go to that game, by the way. I was, like, so Really? Close. Yeah. I was, oh like, thinking God. about it. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. And then they came out, and they blew a 7-1 to lead and lost that game. They went into what well, they went into the ninth inning, like, up 7-2 to two or something. I think it was 7-3 right? or 7-2, yeah. Yeah. The and they inning. blew it. And... I just they then they went out and they got swept by the Braves and you knew that was going to happen. I th- I think the way the Braves played in the regular season this year, if the Yankees had gone in, they took two or three from the Marlins and they took one of the games against the Braves, I would have been happy with that. The Marlins and the Braves both the Marlins had a pretty good season given the fact that they have been awful forever. Uh, I'm just getting I'm getting PTSD right now, man, and. I'm just remembering how Aaron Boone said we're in it to win it, and then he rolled out Luis Severino against the Braves. You know, and like, Sevy didn't remember even pitch that terribly. Nah, that that, I mean, but remember, remember that Sevy stretch where he was like legitimately batting practice, and they just kept rolling him out, and, and you're like, he, and, and then, and then, then you guys are got saying, injured, and Rogan no, went, well, guess it's my turn to be bad. Yeah. Oh my. So that's that's a good, another good segue. I mean, Carlos Rodon, look. I still am in the slight camp of hey, let's give him a full season. Yeah, no, I am too. I, I don't, th- I don't think it's fair to judge. But it was bad him. this year. Oh, it was terrible. I mean, but the last, the thing I about mean, it, he was on the IL for two different stints. Yeah. He, I don't I mean, think he was after the All Star break. Yeah, exactly. it's it's tough. Like, and I always say, like, when you're in that situation, like, just think, a lot of like. When you're you obviously the season begins in April. It's like you're everybody's like kind of cold. Like you're like accumulate accumulating with everyone. Whereas like man, you come in after the All Star break. It's like bro, all these guys are warmed up in mid season yeah. form, and you're kind of just well, that, that's tough, especially as a pitcher. So like I'll get you know, let's give him a full year. Hopefully he comes out and you know looks awesome next year, looks like his old self. But I mean it, it wasn't even just the pitching. I mean like you know him turning his back to Matt Blake, like it like the like it kind of like he a pitched, lot of stuff like during, that during during the. the- he pitched yeah, no, but, but you talked about and he blew a kiss to the fans. Like, yeah, like, come on. And, no, but Luigi mentioned the time where he turned his back to Matt Blake during the act statistically the worst start in the franchise's yeah. history. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you? That was his last start of the year. Really yeah, against the no, Royals. It's who stuff like it's stuff like that. Where lost it's like games. I remember him saying he wanted. He's like, I came in here. I want the fans to like me. I want to be someone they can rely on. It's like. Okay, if you want the fans to like you, read the damn room. 
Okay, you pitched like shit. Accept it and come in after, you know, walk off the mound. Be upset. If you actually showed if he actually showed emotion and showed that he was upset and didn't act like a child like that was rebelling against its parents every time people were like what's going on are you okay are you healthy and he would just give them the dumbest answers and just do dumb things like i don't i didn't get it and he obviously he still has five years left on his contract he has a chance to redeem himself but my god was this a bad first impression for us you know yeah uh, it was. I was about to say it's tough to have much of a worse first year. I was gonna say just, like, of all the of all. all the big free agent contracts the Yankees have handed out, and you know obviously recently there's not that many, but it's really hard to have a worse first year than Rodon. Like off the top of my head, I can't really think of anyone. Even Ellsbury, who has been considered the worst free agent signing the Yankees have ever had, was genuinely decent in 2014. Yeah. You, yeah, usually like Yankee more more signings go down. McCann was pretty good that first term. Okay, McC- McCann's, McCann's three years on the Yankees, he was not bad. Right. He wasn't as good as he was on the Braves, but he was a genuine he was a genuinely solid catcher. Tanaka was a big free agent signing before he blew out his elbow. Tanaka, I have was no unreal idea. and then was good even towards the end. Tanaka's Yankees career, uh people gave him a lot of shit. Um but I have no regrets about that deal. No, of course not. He he had some good years. He, you know, was a Cy Young finalist in 2016. Had he not blown out his elbow in 2014, he would have been a Cy Young finalist. And he stepped up in 2017 and pitched his balls off in the playoffs. Good after having after having a horrible regular season. Yeah. Like we came, he came into that game three against Cleveland in 2017, with the Greg Bird home run game, and threw seven shutout innings. And we were like, going into that game, we're like, yeah, it's over. Tanaka's season's going. over. He had like a Fine. four or five ERA in the regular season, and then that same that same season started game one of the ALCS, pitched well against the Astros, started game five, threw another seven shutout innings. Like Tanaka. Fan was I have no regrets over even like you know look at all the long term deals a rod his first year again as a Yankee he won MVP and then um, after 2007 he he opted out and then resigned and in 2008 he still was pretty good um, Sabathia fantastic Teixeira fantastic it's like you look at all these guys and they just tailed off where Rodon started off so bad that if he even is a league average pitcher and he can put up 25 26 starts next year we'll be like all right step in the right in hindsight that's all you can you can ask for yeah i mean obviously it's gonna suck that they're paying him 20 27 28 million a year but it could be worse yeah it could be worse even if this year if he had gone out and had a two two you know 25 starts and a 4.3 ERA we would have been like yeah that's Rodon he gets injured a lot but on top of the injuries this year he was also garbage yeah, yeah. i i don't want to gloss over cuz we've kind of moved away from it but 
Luigi was talking about Judge's quote specifically oh, about yeah. him having a sense of urgency. There is a part of that, though, that as the captain of the New York Yankees, the newly adorned captain, I might add, that if it's not the manager, not taking every game seriously, right? if it's a clubhouse thing, if it's either the young kids coming up and not knowing that every game matters, if it's the veterans being like, well, it's a long season, so if we lose six out of ten, who cares because we'll win six out of ten next week and it'll bounce out. Like if there is, If there needs to be more urgency that like we need to win this game tonight, even though it's May 17th, and we're three games yeah. out of first place kind of thing. Like a part of that falls on we the captain. We need to win this Tuesday night game against the A's. Yeah. Okay. And, and while Jeter, and Jeter was never like super vocal or like big in the media, but I have to believe that he did kind of know how to push those guys. Those I, don't, yeah, I don't think in the clubhouse quietly. I don't think Jeter is out there being a dick and being like, guys, get your shit together. We got to do this. But I think he was really good at hyping people up and being like, all right, let's go out there. Let's win this game. This is an easy, this is a game we should win. And Jeter hated, hated more than anyone else. I I can recall being on the Yankees hated losing, whether it be a game in early April or it be a playoff game late in the year, right? Like Jeter hated losing like no one else. And that was his driving factor. Michael came at a point at the end of the regular season where Aaron judge looked down on the field that the Yankees lost the final game of the year. Kind of like, yep, season's over. This feeling, I hate it. This can't happen again next yeah. year. So he's like, well, I, you know, Jeter always used to have the same look. It's like, I don't think it's the same, though, because Judge was probably just like, what a shit season. Yeah. Everything fell apart. I'm ready to go home and reset. But, like, it wasn't the same as, like, this feeling can't ever happen again. Mm-hmm. Even though he's on record being like, I look up at the pennants and I see 27 world championships and my name's not attached to any one of them. It's like, yeah, but at a certain point, I think with Judge, I'm not questioning saying that he's not a good captain, right? But I think to the way he kind of takes that job is he just thinks he can lead by example, and that's enough. Yeah. If he plays hard every night, if he tries to play through injuries, if he plays well and doesn't let himself get down, doesn't fight with umpires, doesn't throw the bat when he's in a slump, that that's sufficient. And, and I think it might not be. Yeah. Okay. Like, no, I, I, I agree. get that point. I get like saying maybe Judge does need to be a bit more vocal. I agree with that. But let's be real. The Yankees aren't in this situation because Aaron Judge isn't no. vocal enough. It's like, well, if it's like, you know what I'm saying? I know I'm not saying like you're trying to say this, but it's like, oh, like if Aaron Judge was more vocal, this team would be playing in the like, no. They, like, yeah, they're, even the Yankees the are a lot exam. further away from being good than right. Judge, you know, giving a pep talk. Correct. Right. No, no, Judge my point, my point was just that he made a point that there needs to be more urgency. Right. Yeah. And no, all I'm I getting know, is that, is that, that kind of that. starts with you. But even yeah. with Jeter, it's like it's like well, with Jeter, like even after like the four championships, it's like when he was hyping guys up, like he was hy- hyping up, you know, Robinson Cano and A Rod. It's like Judge has to hype up like Billy McKinney, Jake Bowers, and Aaron Hicks. Yeah. So, you know what I'm saying? It's like it's just different. Like I, it just the team is just so bad. Like I, like there's, I just couldn't so believe like throughout the year. Now, yeah, there, it, but like I said, it's all about like look with like co- like especially with like college football, right? Like you have college football towns where like teams we like interrupt the, the this Yankees of, podcast to bring yep. you the the uh, episode uh, time out. old tale of <laughs> Luigi making cross sport analogies. He got it. All right, he got it out. No, but seriously, the in like college football programs, right? Like the football program will be like the town's economy, right? And yeah. 
as long as like let's say as long as the football team's like good, like let's say they go, you know, like eight and four, nine and three, at least every year, they're gonna get people into the town. People are gonna come and stay the hotels, eat at the restaurants, buy the merch, go to the games, right? It's gonna make them money. But if that team is terrible, people stop coming to the game. Yeah. People stop like, you know, business businesses shut down. Like I saw it with Florida State, like the amount of restaurants and businesses that shut down in Tallahassee between the football team being bad. Uh, I don't know where for it. Between the football team being bad and COVID, like it's terrible. And with the Yankees, as long they know that as long as we're like decent, we will turn a profit. So they it's just take, like it's they have take to, like six straight like years they, of this. Yeah. Before like, it this gets is there. what they think. They're, this is what they think. They're like, huh? Would we make more money if we won a World Series? Maybe. But we're making a lot of money right now. So why, like, you know, like what? Why? If it, it why risk broke, it? Yeah. If it ain't broke, See, like, hey, hey, we got 25 mil from Star Insurance now. We got the, like, dude, they don't care. As long as, like, yeah. like FSU or uh, the Yankees are the equivalent of, like, a college football team that's going, like, eight and four every year, nine and yeah. three. It's like they're having good seasons, but they're just never going having that 12 and 0 undefeated amazing season. And, yeah, like, they, they, you, know, you know, they know the, the, the fan sense of, like, oh, I got to be, like, even the Yankees, like, I don't know if you guys saw it on Instagram all year. Like the big ad, like the sponsored post that kept showing up on everyone's feed was like, you have to be here. It's just like some generic looking guys with jerseys on. It's like, I don't feel that way. I went to the least amount of games this year than I have since probably 2007. I didn't go to a right? single and, game this year. Dude, but you really go to more than two or three ever? Uh, No, but I consistently okay. Okay, have sure. been going sure. to like two or three a year. <laughs> right, right, right. Sure. But like you someone know? who's gone to anywhere between like seven and 10 games yeah. every year no, for a like decade, my, my I had no I interest even, in going this year. I Yeah, I, I never even thought for a second I'm going to go spend money on. Here's how I want to spend my Friday night. Yeah. Yeah. See, and I mean, this this whole episode. I, I just want to touch on one thing. It's like this whole episode, we've kind of been making a lot of points of the Yankees are not operating the way they used to. And I don't want people to start thinking that we have the old, you know, boomer mindset of, oh, they're, they're, you know, this team is, you know, so if much. George was if here. George was if still around. George was The here. reason we are this upset is because. The Yankees in the early or in the late 90s up until 2009 were consistently a playoff team. They won five championships in that span. They went to two other World Series in that span and they were marketed consistently as a championship caliber team because every year you knew this team had a shot. And and, and, and I, then, I do want to stop you there real quick because what you're saying does you almost seem like they were going like, for it. Yeah. Right. Right. But and, and what Alex is saying is going to make it seem like we're we're entitled to that we're only into it. No, no, no. That, that, that's, if we that's win, what I'm and I know. To. Right. And I, and I know that's not what you're saying. I just wanted to want to clarify yeah. for our, our listeners because I know where you're going with this. But yeah. like the person who hasn't ever listened to this podcast, listen to this is going to think, oh, oh yeah, this is these entitled pricks. But go no. ahead. The reason we are upset is because. In the last 15 years, they have continued this mindset of this is a championship caliber organization. We are going to do we are going to win the World Series this year. Anything but a World Series is a failure. And then they've basically just sat and been complacent the last six years and done nothing to actually make them a contender. 
And right. Championship or bust thing, at that point is an empty promise. Exactly. Because there's nothing that they're thing, doing to back that up. They talk, it's they one talk thing to go game. out there and lose every and be knocked out of the playoffs every year in like the in the division series, like they did from 2005, 2005, 2006, 2007. They were knocked out in the division series every year. And 2008, they didn't make the playoffs. Right. And we were just right. kind of like, uh, this yeah, our good. level of and frustration is not it. that they're not winning. It's not that they're not making the playoffs. It's that we're sick and tired of being yeah. gaslit by the organization. Like if, the, if they just came out and said, team. "Hey, we need to refigure out how to win baseball games. Yeah. We need to reset organizational operations and philosophy." And there's going to be a couple, a rough couple of years. We're probably not going to be a championship level organization, but we're going to figure out how to get back to there. And they didn't make the playoffs for a few years, even if they finished below 500 for years. As fans, we could understand that. We could stomach yeah. it. We could set expectations properly, and we wouldn't be angry or pissy about it. But it's when they continue to lie and say, hey, look, we're going to win a championship this year, rolling out 38-year-old, often injured Aaron Hicks and Josh Donaldson. And like, all, like At a certain point, stop lying to us. Yeah. I'm sick and tired of the organization thinking I'm stupid, and I have no idea what it takes to win a championship. I personally can't step into the GM role and build a, 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 a World Series championship team. I, I don't have the capabilities. I'm not going to pretend that I know more or could do a better job than Brian Cash. But I'm not out there making promises to millions mm. of people that I can do that. Yeah. Well, and you look at, like I said, 2005 to 2008, that team just kind of consistently got, they just, they, they didn't, they didn't do it. You know, they didn't complete the goal. And then after 2008, they went out, they signed Sabathia, they signed Teixeira, they signed AJ Burnett. They transformed the team into something completely different, and they made themselves a contender. You really think they're going to do that this year? Where the last the last four years, they after 2019, they went out, I'll give them credit, they went out and they signed Cole. They, they made a big move after 2019 because that was the year they they could have gone to the World Series had it not been for the Astros. And then 2020, it was a 60-game season. Who cares? 21, they were mediocre at best. They had some randomly good they had some randomly good streaks, but that was it. Last year, they were night and day. And this year, they were bad. If you look at the last three years, last three full seasons, they've they've said this is a championship caliber operation. And they basically ran out the same exact team every single it's, day and made more marginal changes. They tried to overhaul the team after 2021 where they traded Gio Urshela and Sanchez and they brought in Donaldson and IKF. And they made some minor changes, but they didn't make the change. They didn't say, all right, we're going to sacrifice Gio Urshela, who's a good player. We're going to trade him to get someone who's really going to make a difference. They were acting like 37-year-old Josh Donaldson was prime Mike Schmidt. Yeah, and so I think I think at the stem of that, at the root of that, that, that issue, that is, I just is, want to say real quick, that should have lost Cashman his job. Yeah, that trade. That yeah. should have lost yeah. him his job. So listen, I, I think what, what Alex, what you're saying is they've been making these trades to find that they're sufficient to put us over the top, or at least put us right back in the conversation. Mm-hmm. And that brings me to the other Aaron Judge quote that we haven't mentioned, and I'm going to read it in full here. Um, this is, I think, the organizational rot, right? Like, you know, you have, like, dead wood, like a tree that's dying. Is it the, bra- is it the Braves and, quote? No, 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 but it, it's one about analytics, right? So it's like a tree oh, has yeah. termites or it has, like, rotting wood at, at, at the stem, right? And that's how, it, like, it, it's eventually going to fall over and die. That's what the Yankees are right now. So the quote from Judge is he says, 
On the analytics side, I think the information and the resources the Yankees provide are great. I think it's just about how we use them and how we value them uh, is an aspect that we just maybe need to look at again. The Yankees are top-notch in the numbers we get. I think we're the best in the game at that. Again, he's talking about just data, not how they mm-hmm. use it. But then he says, I think it's about funneling those down to the players in the right format. I wouldn't say we are overloaded with data. I think it's just looking at the right numbers. I think maybe we might be looking at the wrong ones. We need to value some other ones that people might see as having no value. Again, that one kind of screams like, well, batting average doesn't matter. And Judge is saying, well, batting average might fucking matter because we have the second lowest in the league. But in general, he's talking about stuff like Yankees care a lot about exit velocity. They care about launch angle. They care about expected batting average, which isn't a real stat. It's a predictor of what should happen. But ultimately, if you're continuing to lie on a predictive stat that doesn't actually yield the results you're doing, then maybe it's the players you build around those stats. And maybe with a team like, like the Orioles, the Brewers, like the Rays, those expected stats work because those players can, can actually get to that level. But I judge is saying holistically, they use data the wrong way. They're really good at collecting data. They don't know how to compute it and actually process, build the team off it and manage games with it properly. I'm forgetting his name right now, but who was the minor leaguer that basically came out and was said about the Yankees minor league system and how like all they teach is exit below. Oh, and, I like, remember how, that. Yeah. And how I like basically he said that like, the goal in the Yankees minor they don't, league. They don't teach any type. They don't to win teach games. any basics anymore. Yeah. Like, they want to like win championships. It's like, dude, who gives a fuck about winning the double A championship yeah. or whatever? Like, who cares? Like, it's about developing the players and getting the players to the next level. Mm-hmm. And like, that's the thing. So that's why that, that's one of the reasons. Think about it. That these guys stay down there so long because they they want to win in double or triple A. It's like with other organizations, the moment a good prospect has like a good month or two in double A, they're like next level yeah. like we need you up there. it's like you see all these other and really you see like dominguez come up people are like oh well oh, he only has this and then he comes up he has a 980 ops weird it's like <laughs> these top prospects are top prospects for a reason yeah right like a lot of these guys like and i've heard this before it's true a lot of these guys who are like you know top 10 50 prospects in baseball get a bit disinterested in the minor leagues you know and it's like oh they're only hitting 260 it's like dude because they want to be at the next level because yeah. they then especially with the yankees like you look at austin Bowles, it's like this guy's 26 years old and he's a rookie it's like dude how did this guy never make it to the majors before like it's just it's a whole organizational failure i'm like the way they bring up prospects the way they develop prospects it's like it, like you like you said, Edward, like the organization, it's just they're like that's what people don't get. People just think the Yankees had a bad year and it was just a blip on the radar. All of these like the Yankees for years have been doing things their way and it's just it's caught up to them. And I'm like I've said it. I truly think they're gonna be awful next year. I hope I'm wrong. I really do. I truly think they're not going to make that many changes. Maybe they go out and overpay for Bellinger. Uh, they'll probably get like a Randall Gertrick or Dylan Carlson type of guy. That they'll, you know, they'll, they'll, you know what they'll do? They'll advertise playing the kids, right? Wells. They'll be like, oh, the here are the young guys, redemption, right? It'll be all this, all the casuals will eat it up, and then they'll go like seventy six and eighty six. I'm t- like, that's what I believe is going to happen. I hope it doesn't. I really hope it doesn't. I hope they wake up and say, hmm, the Padres just had a terrible year. Let's see what it takes to get Juan Soda, 24 years old, made for Yankee Stadium, 400 on base percentage every year, 30 home runs. Huh. Like, why would we get a guy like that when we could get a dude who's five years older than him, 
and is a way worse hitter and is probably going to be off the team in three years. Like that's how the Yankees have, have think it's just, it's terrible. It really is terrible. Like I said, it's well, the, the Yankees have had success I, I flipping guys like Gio or Stella. Right. And, and they think they can maximize like, like yeah. Alex talked about in previous podcasts. They look at a guy like Catching Josh Donaldson who, who had, who had progressively degrading stats over like three straight seasons. And they're like, Oh, we can revive him. We can get him back where he needs to be. And it's just that level of arrogance that, that they're they, the smartest. They've team managed in the room to and fix they, a few random guys. You know, they got Hicks for a backup catcher, and he turned in a better few fielder. <laughs> no, I meant they traded Hicks for J.R. Murphy. Oh, okay. <laughs> traded. Okay. Yeah. No, and they yeah. turned him into a good. They turned him in. He had some good seasons in the late 2010s. You know, Urshela came up and immediately was a huge part of 2019. And they... Th- Luke they, Voigt was a has-been. Luke Voigt came the- out of nowhere. And then the last few years, they've been like, all right, we're going to do this. Think about it. They made Willie Calhoun, Franchi Cordero, and Jake Bowers integral parts of this offense. You, you didn't think that that wasn't going to blow up on you? Yeah. Who could have seen that going poorly? Three guys who have never had any success. And no other team was interested in giving them a major league contract. Yeah. And obviously, Urshela was the same. He, but, but the difference between that was Urshela was at least good defensively. Those three, Cordero, Calhoun, and Bowers, have never had any type of success at the major league level. So there's and a reason. Certainly the Bowers, and Bowers moves as a first baseman, and they try to yeah. field. Yeah. And Cordero and Calhoun were both career DHs. They were career DHs. They were heralded as like bat first prospects. And the Yankees are running them out there like they're going to save the season. Like Calhoun came up, he batted fifth in his first game. This guy's had one year where he was even remotely good. He he has like a career negative two war. And the team that kicked him to the curb is one win from the ALCS right now. Yeah. Wow. Who could have seen that coming? Yeah. And, and the and I remember people saying and they, they, it, I mean this was like this quote was said probably about like five different guys over the course of the year but people said you know like three hundred million dollar payroll Willie Calhoun batting fifth yeah and it's true it just it puts shows things in perspective just how like y'all they allocate their resources three, it's like y'all are paying three hundred million for this team and you can't get a better five hitter than Willie Calhoun mm-hmm. really like, you got they're Jake paying Bowers anchoring your lineup. They're paying like, forty million Willie, for Judge. They're paying thirty-six million for Cole. They're paying thirty million for Stan. That right there is a hundred plus million, just as those three, because those three are going to be around for a while. Yeah, and then you have right. DJ and Rizzo and Donaldson. But you oh, can go out like there. You can go out there, and you can still get. You can still spend in between five and ten million and get a decent stopgap you don't have to go out there and get a you, rookie who's making seven hundred thousand to try and you know what was our, what was our biggest stop. concern going to the season what was our biggest concern we didn't have a left fielder and yeah. we all were like well oswaldo cabrera was pretty interesting last september he had a couple big hits couple big throws in the playoffs he could probably stick at a left field that'd be fine meanwhile guys like michael conforto signed mitch hanneker they, they both went to I, to I want the record to say I was on board the Yankees going out and getting David Peralta because he was a lefty. He would have been decent in Yankee Stadium, and he's had a pretty good career. Um, and 
he this year he was not great for the Dodgers. The Dodgers got him for like six million, and he hit two fifty nine with a two ninety four on base percentage, three eighty one slugging, had seven home runs. Um, he wasn't great, but he would have been better than what the Yankees put in left field. Than the combination of Franchi Cordero and Calhoun and Jake Bowers and Oswaldo Cabrera. Billy McKinney. And Billy McKinney and Aaron Greg Hicks. Allen. Greg <laughs> Allen. The rotating uh, rotating wheel of all these guys the Yankees put in left field. All they had to do, there was actually, I remember on uh, Talking Yanks, John Boy said they quizzed Boone on how many left fielders the Yankees have had since the beginning of 2021. It was like 13, or no, it was 20, and Boone guessed, I yeah, think, it was in the 13. 20s. And John Boy was like, well, wouldn't it be nice if you just had one guy that you could just write in every time? And Boone just kind of brushed it off. Because... Yeah. That's an, that's an awkward conversation for a manager to have because obviously it'd be easier for him to do that. But him specifically, he's not given the roster to go out there and have an everyday left fielder. So he can't exactly go on the air and be like, yeah, God, I really want a left fielder. Please get us a left fielder. The, so the front just, office did such a great job getting me that zinger yeah. in left field. Thanks, guys. So, oh God, I just... I don't understand how they looked at this roster coming into the year and went, yeah, this is good. This is fine. We'll just, we'll, we'll make it work in the outfield. We'll just take some flyers, you know, yeah, get some guys out. Like I said, right? that that's where it really comes down. Like, you know, they just, they ran it back with the team that got swept in the LCS. And now it looks like they're going to do it again. And we'll, Look, we hope that's and they're the going to chalk it. The, you know, season, they said there was something Hal said at some point where he was like, "We're not here to make excuses." He said it last year. He was like, "We're not here to make excuses," but you know, if all these people had been had been healthier, we would have been better in the LCS. You know, like okay, they're definitely one thousand percent going to blame part of the season on Judge getting injured. Yeah, without thing, like yeah, that, Judge got hurt. But they were generally pretty healthy this year. If Judge played this like whole overall, season, like Judge played this whole entire season, I'm gonna say instead of going 82 and 80, they, they go 80. They go 85 and 77. Yeah, I was about they'll to say, still they miss the playoffs, playoffs. like two or three games instead of yeah. seven. Like great. And also, we'd be remiss. I and mean, obviously, this is the season eulogy. You know, it's not really a celebration, but we would be remiss without mentioning Garrett Cole. He's gonna win the Cy Young. Mm-hmm. That season as a Yankee. Of course, we don't get a postseason start out of it. I yeah. To mention that, but it was great seeing Cole just be the best pitcher in baseball this year. That was awesome. So it's just it's so, wild to me that the Yankees last year had a player put up the best offensive season since Barry Bonds, and then the next year had one of their starting pitchers put up the best season, and probably will win the first Cy Young in. Who was, the last, who was the last one? Was it Cohn that won the last Cy Young for the Yankees? Um, Andrew, you're muted. Probably, I'm thinking Roger Clemens in 01, maybe. Um, yeah, but yeah, I think Clemens. I think yeah. probably the last but even, one. Okay, but even then, 
like, we've, it's like, Alex, like we've never seen in our lifetime, like as Yankee fans that have actually yeah. known what's going on, a Yankee pitcher win this high on. Like, yeah, Cole, Cole's going to win this like high we had never seen Judge a, MVP It's like we had never year. seen a Yankee pitcher uh, throw a no-hitter before like, yeah. the last Bloober. And and Domingo, Vermont, pour one out. I feel, oh, I, feel, I feel bad saying pour one out. The oh, him, but. <laughs> but, yeah, to my uh, point, like, they, they're going to have back-to-back years, MVP and a Cy Young, and have won get nothing out of zero it. championship games. We're, we're, the East Coast, we're the East Coast Angels. What can you say? Yeah. A good, what can At this say? point, yeah. Trout and Yeah. yeah. Um, it's guys... As much as I love to complain about the Yankees, I think we're going to wrap it up here. Um, <laughs> any final thoughts? Now, obviously, I don't even you know, want to think about the offseason at this point. Yeah, as the yeah. offseason goes on, like whatever – that's the thing. It's like whatever happens or whatever doesn't happen. <laughs> buckle up be, for a lot of rumors and a whole lot of nothing. I do. It's, I, the, Nathan, I, it's I, the Nathan I, for you gift. Like I hope, hope you're ready for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> At, I do just want to say, as of us recording this, the AL East is a combined 0 and 6 in the 2023 playoffs. So a really good showing for our division. You know, yeah. three teams that we weren't close. To. Everyone came in <laughs> coming was, into the season. The everyone was like, "Oh my god, here, this this is going to be the best division of all time." And then here they are. It's, and I it's hate so to, funny because you have I, Texas. Good. I hate to end the show on this, but like it's just so fucking frustrating how every postseason there's Houston, there's yeah. Houston, Altuve first pitch home run. It's just like you got to yeah. give it to them, and they someone, show up. It's every like someone post-season. beat them already. My God, every postseason. Well, 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 well here's the thing. Here's like, thing. You have, you have Texas is four and zero against like, the oh, AL East, trash right? I'm like, yeah. yeah. You have Texas is four and zero against the AL East. And then you have the other ALDS is the team that the Yankees always beat versus the team that the Yankees never beat. <laughs> right. True. So parity would dictate that the Twins should win that because nothing has to make sense. But it just looks like the Astros are going to go to what their eighth straight American League Championship Series or whatever the number is. Yeah. Yep. Crazy. Yep. Very fun. Very fun times we're in. Um, yeah. So we'll be back whenever there's substantial Yankee news or stuff to talk about. All right, maybe. Maybe Juan Soto decides to, you know, lock himself in a room until he gets traded to the Yankees, right? I don't know. (laughs) Any final thoughts, guys? I got nothing. I got nothing either. I'm Uh, I'm exhausted with this. Dude, it's... It just felt, you know, we hadn't... It kind of felt good now. Like, after that, I'm going to have to, like, go for a walk. I'm going to have to, like, work out. This team, this organization, frustrating. But for Luigi... For Andrew, for Alex, this was the Bronx Bomber Battle Podcast, and we hate the Yankees.